The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. Excited to get back into uh, the Psalms with you. We're going to be in Psalm 61. It is a beautiful Psalm. If you have your Bibles, um, either on paper or scroll, would you open with me to Psalm 61? I want to read it for us and then we'll uh, pray and then we're going to get to work. All right? So, Psalm 61. Psalm 61 says this. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wing. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praise to your name as I perform my vows day after day? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the chance to be back together and and in your word. We are here to hear from you, not the words of of any man. And so I pray that you would speak through your word, through me here and in this time, that we may all grapple with the truth of who you are and the truth of who you have called us to be. And I pray that you would give us eyes to see what you would have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I've looked forward to preaching this particular psalm um, for a while, and I believe it's exactly where so many of us find ourselves. Now, when I say that, this is a psalm of King David thousands of years ago. King David, all his armies and palaces, and some of you might hear, read this and hear, hear that and think, you know what? This is nowhere close to where I find myself, right? I'm worried about inflation and gas prices. I'm worried I'm struggling with job or crazy people. Life is upside down. Struggling with kids or health or you just, you can name it. Um, And so when you look at this passage, this psalm is from so long ago and it's from a King David and, and you think, you know what? My life is nothing like that. Uh, here's the thing, though. I think you're wrong. I think you're, you're wrong because here's the reality. I believe that uncertainty, that church is universal. Brothers and sisters, uncertainty, no matter when you were born or what rank you were born into, is universal. And it represents, uncertainty represents that unknown, that fear of what could happen, the anxiety the, the, let me hone in on one specific thing. With, when you're surrounded by unknowns, you don't feel safe, do you? You don't feel safe. 
And that is universal. And church, there are so many unknowns that surround each and every one of your lives right now. And in that way, this psalm really meets us where we are. Meets us right where we are. Whether it, is, it was the unknowns that David was facing in his day or the unknowns that you are facing right now, this psalm, we, we face together a similar anxiety and fear and feeling a lack of security and safety. If you feel that, you're not alone. This morning, the psalm meets us because it's in this moment where David, uh, read the first two verses, says, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will call to you and my heart is faint. We'll stop there. Because have you ever prayed that? Can you relate to that? God, would you hear me? God, would you, would you listen to my, my prayer? It says, from the end of the earth, meaning, meaning, God, I don't feel near to you right now. I don't feel near to you. You feel like a world away from me. God, would you hear me? And you feel so far away. I don't know if you can relate to that. If you've ever been in a season when you're praying to God and there is this lack of belief that he is anywhere near to you. And he says, not only does David feel distant, but he says, I call out to you when my heart is, what, is faint. Faint means to lose all its strength. So here David is praying, David's heart has lost all its strength. So David cries out to God when he feels weak and distant. Weak and distant from God. Again, I want to ask, have you been there? Can you relate to that? Many of you maybe are in that season right now. In a season where you feel faint and when you feel distant from God. If this is you, two things. One, I will say it again, you are not alone. I was going to say you're in a room, but we're not in a room. You're in a pavilion full of people who know what that's like. And number two, just real quickly before we look at this, I heard it said that, that um, it's the valley moments in our lives that are the most fertile for growth. Have you heard that? That if you think of the mountaintop moments and the valley top, the lush growth happens in the valleys, not on the mountains. So if God has you in a valley, he can use it for the good. You are not alone. There is a purpose and there is growth and there is nothing like a, val a valley to strengthen your prayer life. There's nothing like a valley to strengthen your prayer life. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. And now I want to hone in on this next phrase because this is my favorite phrase in this entire song. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And that will preach. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
the imagery here that we need to camp on for just a bit is this imagery of high ground versus low ground. So through, throughout history, in any war, you want the high ground. You want the high ground. There is safety and there is security um, on the high ground, and, and there is vulnerability in the low ground. Right? Um, on the high ground, you can see your enemy coming, and they typically are slow coming to you. So yes, see them. Right? It, it, on, the, on, the, on the high ground, just because of gravity, you launch an arrow, that sucker's going to go. Your enemy at the bottom of the hill is going to launch the same arrow, and it's going to not reach you. There is safety. There is security on the high ground. There is vulnerability on the low ground. And in battle, you want the high ground. That's the imagery that's being picked up on here. You want, the, you want the high ground. And so David here is saying, lead me to the rock, the high ground, the ground that is higher than him. So in other words, David, in all of his wisdom and his resources and his men and all of the things that David had going for him, in all of his effort, he could only get so far, and here David is calling out for safety and security that is beyond him. Or should we say above him? He's crying out. Listen, I don't care who you are. In times of uncertainty, you and I, we, I can say with, with a lot of certainty here, that in times of uncertainty, our temptation is to look inward, to turn inward, to find security in our own selves, in our own talents, in our own bank account, in our own job, in our own health. We turn inward and we look for security in and of ourselves. And like all of those who have come before us, we cannot find it. You might find it for a little bit. But we feel the vulnerability. And so anger and fear and anxiety, we, we, we find it in ourselves. Church, we need a rock that is higher than ourselves, as, as David says. So we might not, in fact, you better not, have real enemies with spears and arrows and swords coming at you today. If you do have real enemies like that, please get help. Um, but most of us, that's not our world. Um, but here's the reality. Most of us know what it's like to live with chronic anxiety about the unknown. That chronic, low-level anxiety about all of the unknowns that we face in, in life. And under our own strength and, and, and with all of our resources, we try our best to get to the highest ground that we can, to get to the highest ground possible. But in our own strength, it is just not high enough. And so we link with David and we say, God, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And so here is the message today. I'm going to give it all away right now, and then we're going to build, okay? The message of the morning today is Christ is our rock. Cat out of the back. That's where I'm going. He is our higher ground. He is the rock. And brothers, sisters, Christians, in Christ, you are in the rock. 
Now, I want to make sure that we, we rest in this a little bit this morning together, um, that we really get this. And I want to talk again about that difference between the high ground and low ground, and I want to settle in here a little bit. Um, again, on the low ground, the low ground, we are vulnerable. We're vulnerable. Um, all someone needs to do is just roll a big rock and that sucker can wreak havoc for the low ground, right? We're vulnerable to all kinds of attacks, whether they be big, whether they be small. There's just nowhere to go, nowhere to, to hide because you're exposed on the low ground. You feel exposed on the low ground and you're susceptible to all kinds of attack. That is the low ground. But that's not the case when you're on the high ground. If you can imagine an enemy with a big boulder trying to roll it up to you, that's not nearly as scary. Some of you are getting it now. Not nearly as scary than when it's flying down a hill. See, the enemy from the low ground can't reach you easily or quickly. They can't sneak up on you because you see them coming. And so much of the uncertainty of war goes away when you get the high ground. And that's just the point. You hear me? In Christ, the vulnerability of the low ground gives way to the security of the high ground. And that is what is yours in Christ. I want to make sure that we see this here because in Christ... Brothers and sisters, the invitation for you is to the higher ground. You will still have enemies. They will still have sharp spears. You will still have troubles. You will still have trials. There's still a war going on, and there will be until Jesus comes again. This is why Jesus says in John 1633, in this world you will have tribulation. In this world, you will face enemies, you will face fear, you will face anxiety, you will struggle, you will face hostility, you're going to face crazy people and crazy drivers and everything that comes along with it. But today, right now, in this moment, and even though that is true, in the midst of that, Christ is our rock in the higher ground. And that means that whatever you face in this life, here's what you, you need to hear me on this. Whatever you face and whatever you're facing right now, whatever it is, in Christ you are not vulnerable. You are not vulnerable. You may feel vulnerable. You are not ultimately, eternally vulnerable. This is why Jesus says that same verse, John 16, 33, in this world, you're going to have troubles. He didn't stop there. He said, but take heart, for I have overcome. That is your rock, that is your higher ground saying, take heart, I have overcome. There will be enemies, yet ultimately in Christ you are not vulnerable because Christ has defeated them eternally. In Christ, you are his. Or like David says in our text, well, I need to move. I promised I wouldn't preach all day. Um, verses 3 and 4. For you have been my refuge, David says. He says, a strong tower against 
the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Selah. Meaning, breathe that in. Take that in. Sit in that. Rest in that. No matter what you are facing, Christ is the unfailing refuge, your strong tower. And hear me again, the Christian life is the invitation through Jesus to the high ground. To the high ground. And there's one more thing about this, just in case my verbiage is missed. When I say high, I, I'm not saying high life, like some kind of like health and wealth and you're going to live it up, high life. That is not at all what I am saying. I'm saying high ground. That means that through the love of the Father, the power of the Spirit, through faith in Christ, we are in Christ, and Christ is the rock. That's what I'm talking about. And yet, maybe this is why I was so excited to preach this one. In my life, and um, honestly pastorally, in my years in pastoral ministry, I have noticed that for so many of us, me included Feel the temptation to be taken down to the mindset and vulnerabilities of the low ground life that we are not called to live. A life that's characterized by chronic, low-level anxiety and feeling like everything is going to shake us. Feeling as though we are vulnerable. I have a really odd example and if it fails to connect with you just let it go All right. but I could not get this imagery out of my mind because it's vivid for me so um, several months ago before it was 130 degrees and it was safe to run outside I went on a trail run and I love trail running it's beautiful, get out, it's quiet um this verse, this text, reminded me of one run in particular. Um, it was going great. I was feeling good. It was a beautiful day. And then it happened. It was a massive snake, like right there on the trail. It was horrible. Um, and I wear a heart rate monitor. And let me tell you, my heart knew. It, it just spiked. I mean, it was awful. And um, my heart rate spiked. I was just kind of taken back, I jumped, but after I calmed down, I did calm down, after I calmed down, I noticed, okay, Justin, stop, like, um, I, I, I noticed that, you know, first of all, that's not a dangerous snake, it's big, it's not dangerous, it's not a rattlesnake, it's not a king cobra, it's not an anaconda, just in case you're worried, <laughs> right, and, uh, and then I noticed that the snake was more scared of me than I was of him, and it went off into the, to the woods and collected myself, try to push that heart rate back down and start off again. Started off again, but here's the thing. I was not the same after that moment. Like, a few minutes later, like a squirrel lit me up. My heart rate, boom, back up. And, and a few minutes later, like, birds are the worst here. They land and they're so loud. And I noticed every one of them. Just so nervous. And then wind. Oh, the wind got me too. So I spent the rest of my run just jumpy and skittish and 
anxious and on the edge. And I couldn't help but wonder, in this, in this psalm, like, how many of us and how often do I live my life the way I finished that run? Just with a chronic level of skittishness. Just being on edge. Like, um, maybe something has spooked us in the past or maybe... Maybe he had a negative experience that was very real, but now a squirrel moves, and I'm back, and I, and I feel it, and, and a bird lands, and my anxiety shoots up. Let me bring it closer to home. Maybe you're living your life, and then you get news about the economy. <sighs> I had to buy a home. I have to buy a home soon, and what's it going to look? Maybe you... you you have a boss that is just out to get you, or a coworker who doesn't like you, or our kids. Oh, our kids. Maybe your car's breaking down, or maybe your health is breaking down. Whatever it may be, whatever it may be, all of these things are a bit like the squirrels on my run. And what I mean by this, I don't want to downplay them, but ultimately that squirrel's not going to harm me. It'll scare the life out of me. But it's not going to harm me. It can't. I'm still anxious and skittish. But it's not going to harm me. In the same way, church, none of the things that I just listed, it is a great joy that I get to preach this, by the way, to myself this morning. None of the things that I just listed, ultimately, will harm you. They do not have that power. They do not have the power. Psalm 23 says, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I love this psalm because notice it's not death, it's the shadow of death. And like Spurgeon said, shadows don't hurt very much. The shadow of a sword cannot cut the shadow of a dog cannot bite. All of these things, all of the things that we face, although important and difficult, I never want to downplay them. I just want to make sure that the rock, that we see him as big as he really is. All of the things, no matter what we are facing in our life, in light of Christ and in light of eternity, they are shadows. And ultimately, you are His, and they cannot and will not and never will harm you. That is really good news. It is really good news. But the low ground life causes us to live in this moment and forget that we are his and forget and so we, we, we run our lives the way I finished that run, jumpy, anxious skittish in everything I don't know if you've been there I don't know if this example means anything to you if not, just let it pass because it really means something to me <laughs> this really hit with me I know what it's like to be there and I don't know if you do as well but I love that I get to preach this. I love that I get to preach the gospel, to preach Christ. I love that I get to preach something that I believe in. 
Because this is not the life that Christ has called me to. Our life is the high ground life, the higher ground life. That is the invitation to you because your invitation is to come to Christ. The rock that is higher than you. And I want to just hone in on this again. I I want to make sure you don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that you will not have fears. You will not be caught off guard and jump. You will not have anxieties. I'm not saying that you will not go through seasons of discouragement, difficult seasons, depression. There are still shadows. There are still squirrels, birds, lizards, even snakes. What I am saying is that through it all, you are not vulnerable, church. You are not vulnerable. You need to say that to yourself. I am not vulnerable in Christ. I am not vulnerable in Christ. Have we forgotten who we are? Who cares for us and who our rock is? David says, again, you've been my refuge, my strong tower. I want to dwell in your tent, refuge under your wings. The Christian life is not meant to be a life of chronic, low-level fear. In fact, I want to read one more scripture. You don't need to turn with me here because I really want you to listen. I want to read something to you, and then I want to ask you a very simple question, okay? So I want to read to you Jesus' words from Matthew eleven twenty-eight. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. You're going to find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me ask you, do Jesus' words right there, does that text sound like Jesus is describing the low ground life? Anxiety driven, does it sound like me on the trail? It doesn't. Why? Because there is absolutely no rest on a low ground. No rest. I am convinced, hear me, that the opposite of rest is not work. I am convinced that the opposite of rest is worry. That is the opposite of rest. Worry. Church, we are only able to rest when we know that we are safe. In Christ, you are secure. In Christ, you're invited to rest, to experience life in the rock because in Christ you are safe and secure. I could say so much more. I could point to so many more scriptures. But listen, instead I just say this one more time. Church, in Christ you are secure. No matter what happens in your family, your health, your job, your bank account, you are not vulnerable. Christ is still the rock. He is still the higher ground. And he is eternally the rock. And you are eternally secure. Now, because that's true, um, let me move. Because that is true, because we are called in Christ to be on the higher ground, let me ask you, what now are we called to do? Like, what now? Like, you hear this and and you think, okay, I I get that I'm on the higher ground, I, I get that I'm safe and secure, but I still have money problems. I still have car problems. I still have job problems, health struggles, all of it. I still have enemies, in other words. So my question is, what now? What do we do now? David says this, 
Let's finish our, finish our psalm here. Verse 5 through 8. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure all generations. May he be enthroned before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. And I want you to listen to this. Verse 8. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. Let's focus in on that last phrase. In verse 5, David says, I made my vows to you, God. You heard my vows. But now in verse 8, what does he say? David says, I will praise you while I perform my vows. I will praise you and I will continue to do what you've called me to do day by day by day by day by day. Here, David is trusting God, his rock, his high ground of security. And as he finds himself on the high ground, he sets his mind to two things. Do you see it? He sets his mind to praise and to obedience. Praise and to obedience. He praises God, and he's obedient to God's word. Praise and obedience. And what a call that is for us today. For all of us who find ourselves in David's shoes. First, praise. When I say praise, hear me, I'm not just talking about singing at church, right? Um, I'm not just talking about what happens here. Now, I hope and I pray that this is a part of your praise. I believe this is a critical part of what it means to be a believer and to praise our God together as the church. This matters, and I believe and I hope and I pray that this is actually a part of your rhythm of praise. I do. I do what I do. Each week that we would come here, praise our God, that this would be an anchor of praise for you. But hear me, your praise doesn't end here. It doesn't end here. Your praise is your life. Your praise is the way you spend your days, your hours, your minutes, the way you spend your mornings, your afternoons, your evenings, and your nights. That is is your praise. So here's the thing. If you're feeling stuck in low ground thinking, like anxious, you feel fearful, you feel skittish, choosing to praise is one of the most powerful things that you can possibly do. Because what it does is it does this. Focuses your eyes upward. Away from the craziness and to the rock. To the one who is stable. To acknowledge day after day, to praise him that God is sovereign, that God is good, that God is patient, kind, perfect in love, never failing. To acknowledge him and to praise him for that. No matter what you face, here's the reality, no matter what you're facing today, your God is still worthy of praise. Those things are still true. And so praising God is not only to bless him, which it does, but praising God also puts us back in our place. Acknowledging him and praising him because he is sovereign, in other words, reminds us that our God is sovereign over all the things we face. Acknowledging him and praising him because he is good, what does that do? It reminds us that he is good in our life. Acknowledging him and praising him because he is patient and kind and perfect in love reminds me that my God cares for me perfectly. 
acknowledging him, praising him because he's never failing, reminds me that I will never be abandoned. What praise does is it lifts our eyes and puts us back in our place. Acknowledging our solid rock. Praise puts us and sets us on the rock of Christ. But there's something else. Along with praise, there is this obedience that we see in David's words. We praise him and we acknowledge who he is. We hand over our worry to him in prayer. And with the worry gone, we're left with his word. And in that moment, will you be obedient to him? So day by day, we see David here performing his vows. David says, day by day by day. That means when he feels like it and when he doesn't. Now to be clear... I want to be very clear here. You do not obey or perform your vows to get your God to like you, love you, or save you. You're barking up the wrong tree. What Scripture says is that we have been placed because of Christ on the rock, and now because He has saved us, because he has placed us on the rock, now we get to obey him and praise him. So don't get it turned around. I'm not saying, you know, start obeying so he'll like you more. He won't. Um, he likes you perfectly through Jesus, okay? Um, but the truth is, is that far too often, I'll speak personally here, I have been far too weighed down with all of the anxieties and things of life, the fears, the worry, my mind has been fixed on all of the things, please, all of the things that I cannot control. That is what fills my mind. What I love about this psalm is it reminds me is that far too often as my mind is filled with all the things that are not in my control, that day to day, I so often fail to do the things that are in my control. I don't know if you've been there. I give myself and my capacity to the, all the things that are out of my control and I fail to do the very things that God has placed in my hand to do. Reminds me that God has me in his hands. This, this scripture reminds me that my call is to be obedient now with whatever he places in my hands. Follow me here. This psalm, it reminds us God has us in his hands as the tower, secure, and so now we are reminded to be faithful with all of the things that he has placed into our hands. This is our, this is our call. Eugene Peterson calls the Christian life the long obedience in the same direction. I love that. That's that so good. Here's the way we think about this. Because he is the rock, because we are secure in Christ, because of Christ, through Christ, in Christ, we are secure on the higher ground. Your God has you covered. He has you sheltered in his hands. In fact, I want to read to you one short verse in Isaiah 41.10. Listen to God's word to you. So do not fear. God says, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. So that now, because your God is with you, because he's strengthening you, upholding you, because that is true, we are now able to channel all of that energy and focus 
away from the day-to-day fear and anxiety over the things that are not in our hand to day-by-day obedience and praise. In other words, because when we are free from fear, we are now free to praise and free to focus on obeying his word day by day by day and trusting him with all of the other things. How beautiful is that life, church? Can you imagine living your life like that? In Christ, that's the invitation. That is the invitation. The promise of the Christian life is not a life free of trouble. Please, please don't hear me say that. It's not a life free of trouble or pain or struggle or enemies. The promise of the Christian life is that you get Jesus. Period. And I love it because it's worth every second. You're invited to know him, to rest in him, your rock and your security, and because that is true, we praise him in peace and security no matter the circumstances that we are currently facing. You are not vulnerable because he cares for you. I thought it would be appropriate to finish this morning um, with the words of Isaiah 35, 4. I love this. I want to read it. God says this to Isaiah. He gives him a command. Here's what he says. God says to Isaiah, tell everyone who is discouraged to be strong and Don't be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. So I want to do exactly what this verse tells me to do. Brothers and sisters, church, um, anyone here who is discouraged or fearful? Anyone here who is in a season of anxiety, feeling weighed down? I do not have all the answers for your current situation. No one does, and you know that. But what I do know is the word of God is true. What I do know is that God's word speaks directly to you today, and I'm going to read this text directly to you. Church, brothers and sisters, be strong today in Jesus. Brothers, sisters, do not be afraid. Brothers, sisters, Christ is your rock and your rescue. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Church, Christ is the rock. 